Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Uh, praise the Lord. Isn't God great? He can just meet us where we are. He can meet your need right now. Change our perspective. Change the way we, our outlook. He's such a big God. and He sees all that you're going through, all your problems, all your circumstances. And he loves you. And he loves you enough to even meet you right where you are right now. And the burdens that you have on your heart right now, he's wanting to lift them off of you. He says, take his yoke because his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Let there be a transference right now in the name of Jesus. We give it all to him. Uh, everything. Everything. Every problem. Every situation. Every burden. Every dislike. Everything that made us angry this week. We give it all to you, Lord Jesus. You saw it all anyway. And yet your holy self met us here. Wanting to meet with us. To sup with us. We honor you, Lord Jesus. You may take your seats. I really will be here for another 20 minutes. And we'll just do this all day. Praise the Lord. Uh, but that's what we come here for. To be in his presence. Uh, to meet him. To sup with him. and to uh, Praise the Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Uh, so we're going to be in Proverbs for a couple of Sundays, I think at least three. And then we have David Pratt coming in on the 20th. And I'm going to say something because I'm not going to be here on the 20th, but <laughs> don't invite people to your house and you're not here. So <laughs> you guys, you guys be here. I won't be here. We're out of town, unfortunately. Um, but I know David will come with a, a great word and so you won't want to miss it. And the Holy Spirit will move just like he's moving now. And I pray that he moves this week in your individual homes. And, and this is why it's so important corporately to have the body of Christ come together because, you know, you just sense his presence. Not that I can't sense it when I'm screaming in my car and singing and praising the Lord on the way to and from work. Um, but it's just something different and special when my brothers and sisters in Christ are here. We're doing it together in unity. So we're going to be in Proverbs for a couple of Sundays, three, I think. And then we're going to jump into Acts. And then, um, so if you have any questions about Acts, and we'll be talking about that. But if you have any questions, concerns, <laughs> uh, anything, we're going to be going through the book of Acts. And probably we'll be there for the rest of this year and maybe into the spring. Uh, we're going to look at the early church and what they did, and uh, we're going to talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about uh, what Paul and Barnabas and all of those guys were doing when they were spreading the gospel, um, and what we can glean from them um, as we go out and spread the gospel. Um, sometimes our tactics may have changed, but the message is the same, that Jesus Christ lived and died and raised and we have life because of him. So we look at uh, Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to stay in cha uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Um, this entire message, I don't think there's only one other scripture. 
couple of scriptures in Proverbs, I'm sorry, uh, but one other scripture outside of Proverbs, but you don't have to turn there, and that's Psalm 111, 10. But anyway, um, Proverbs, let us get some wisdom and look at Proverbs. So we're going to go through Proverbs. Proverbs is not a book. Proverbs is like the first uh, Twitter, right? It's just a bunch of different <laughs> thoughts and <laughs> wise sayings and you know, it's easy. So if you have Twitter, I don't. But if you have Twitter, you can just pick a verse out of Proverbs and tweet that out. You know, it, it stands by itself sometimes. Um, so it's not a very good book to go verse by verse because you'll go through a hundred different um, topics. Um, so we're not going to try to do that, but we're going to pick up a couple of themes. So we're going to stay on chapter one. We're going to pick up in uh, several chapters the next time we go through it, which is next Sunday. And then uh, I think the next to the last Sunday, the last Sunday of this month, we'll finish up. We'll try to finish up. And if we don't, then we'll just revisit Proverbs again um, <laughs> some other time. But, uh, th- but we're going to jump into Acts um, starting in September. So praise the Lord. So Proverbs, a biblical proverb is a short saying that expresses a universal truth or piece of advice for practical, godly living. Um, the term proverb comes from the Hebrew root word to mean to be like. Hence, the book of Proverbs is full of comparisons illustrating how various simple concepts represent the fundamental truth of life. Uh, Proverbs is a collection of, of generations of wisdom. The book is called a wisdom book. So Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, and sometimes Psalms are sometimes considered the wisdom books. They have a bunch of wise sayings in them. The book is a guide to how to flourish and thrive in God's world by allowing the reader to understand the fear of God and how to live by his wisdom. Proverbs shows people from every generation what it looks like to live morally and ethically. Uh, Traditions identify David as the author of some of Proverbs, but then we'll see here uh, Solomon was also the author uh, of Proverbs and some parts of Ecclesiastes uh, as well. Most scholars today, however, believe that the book is uh, of, of Psalms and Proverbs have a host of authors, and maybe their authorship was under David or Solomon. So Solomon might have, they might have said, "Hey, you guys write these things," or he may, they may, have, they have, they may have commissioned or compiled those sayings under David and Solomon. It's important. Proverbs should be understood as principles for living, not promises for life. Principles for living, not promises for life. True wisdom comes from the Lord. Therefore, some proverbs are wisdom from men, as you'll see. Some men, these are good advice. Not saying that they're um, not good advice that you should follow, but they're not promises. Um, so, example, Proverbs 22 at 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, is that a principle for living, or is it a promise for life? That's a principle for living, because... Just because you trained up your child in the way that he should go, we know, because you have once been children, that you did not always follow <laughs> that advice. <laughs> and some of you, some of you know people who are not with God, who were raised in the church and to be uh, godly children. So you can train up your child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
that is a principle for living. So it says that, yes, that's good advice. It's something you, you should do. We should all train up our children to be uh, God-fearing children. But other things take place in life that may interfere with your child choosing to go with God. Not necessarily your fault. <laughs> you, may can, you may do all that you know to do. All, in all your strength and all your power and all the Holy Ghost you can muster. But your children may choose a different lifestyle than you trained them or, cho- or chose for them. Does that mean that you did something wrong or that God is a lie? No. This is a principle for living, not a promise for life. Another example is Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, which says, If you honor the Lord with your finances and tithes or your first fruits, uh, your barns will be overflow and will always have plenty. This is a principle to follow, not a promise to honor the Lord and you will never suffer lack. Because I, you can give all you know to give, but if you're not a good steward over your funds, you will lack. <laughs> and so then you will look at God and say, hey, I gave, I gave, I gave. Why isn't my barns full? And so this sometimes prosperity gospel uh, can harp on a message, a principle for life, and make it a commandment. And then people are discouraged because they say, I gave, but I have this lack. And it never says anything about being a good steward. It never says anything about <laughs> all the other principles in life that may have to come into place for you to have your barns filled. And if we be literal, how many of you have barns? <laughs> they say, hey, you're going to fill your barn then. That's what the word says. <laughs> so get your barn and then maybe he'll fill it. No, I'm just joking. Uh, and then how many of you want vats of wine? <laughs> may be accurate for some of you, I'm sure. Don't raise your hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't put anyone on the spot. Uh, there's some Baptist people in here. Uh, but you're <laughs> but this is a principle for living, not a promise for life. Because you still need to be a good steward. You can be generous and you can give your tithes, but you may still suffer lack. Even the new t- God, even Jesus if we be honest, Jesus didn't have vats full of crops and wine brimming in vats, did he? No. So then he wasn't even honored. He, he didn't have this. That filling he offers is the Holy Spirit. And that's all we really need, to be honest. That fills us. All right. So we're going to move on. I didn't want to offend anybody, but I, you'll be okay. If you are, <laughs> God will deal with you later. Wisdom. We're going to seek wisdom today. And this is what it's all about, wisdom. Uh, not about your own understanding, not about what leaning into your own knowledge or what you think or what you know. It is not about that. It is about God's wisdom and seeking his wisdom. Um, we're going to look at, so Proverbs is broken up. It has an introductory. So it tells us clearly uh, that Solomon is writing this. In Proverbs, let me get there. I, I turned something different. But uh tells us that he is doing this in Proverbs. He's writing this Proverbs, and he gives us a reason why he's writing it. He starts out uh, with why I'm writing it, and it's a circle. If, let's, let's look at this as a circle, the circle of wisdom. The purpose of this book is to know wisdom. Wisdom here means skill or administration of skill. Find, to find out and discern. 
to understand or comprehend, to discern and understand. Go ahead and write it up and get there. And then to receive, to take part of, to receive, and to act, to procure, to possess, to choose, to accept, and then to give. Means to give out, to bestow, to grant. So he's saying here, choose wisdom. Solomon says, all right, Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom. um, He's writing this for gaining wisdom and being instructed. So to gain wisdom is the first thing. And then to understand, some versions may say comprehend uh, or to understand. If you gain the wisdom, you get the wisdom, he wants you to understand it. Then he wants you to receive it. So some of it says it's discerning to receive wise instruction. Receiving it means to put into action. You're going to put into action the wisdom that you understand. Now you put into action. And then you give it to others. So it's a circle. And then when you give it to others, they then become wise. They understand it. They receive it. They act upon it. Then they give it to someone else. Almost like discipleship, right? (laughs) It's a circle. You get it. You understand it. You act on it, you apply it in your life, and then you give it to other people. And then they do the same thing. And you keep going around. The circle keeps going on and on and on. You give that good advice, that wisdom that you learned or gained, and then you give it to other people. They give it to other people. And that's how you change the generation. You give them wise sayings. You give them wisdom, biblical wisdom, spiritual wisdom. They take it. They understand it. They receive it, and then they give it away. I look in. Um, does the world offer some wisdom, some knowledge, I should say? Well, the world does offer knowledge. Um, you know, there's knowledge. The Bible doesn't necessarily say 2 plus 2 equals 4. We do learn that uh, from the world <laughs> in school, and that is accurate. 2 plus 2 equals 4. If you believe something different, and I'll pray for you. Uh, <laughs> the, the world in science offers that the, the world is round. There are some flat earthers. Are not in here, I hope, but, you know. If you believe that again, I'll pray for you. Uh, <laughs> but the word is out for knowledge. But wisdom is not knowledge. Knowledge is about knowing facts and figures and information. It's more knowledge. I can recite. You can have knowledge of the word and not uh, have a why not be wise in the word. So knowledge is just a knowing that information. Wisdom is knowing how to apply that information in your life. So it's not. It's the knowledge plus the I know how to apply it in my life. That's wisdom. Because a lot of people have knowledge, but then their lives are a mess. You say, man, these are smart individuals. Why are their lives a mess? Why can't they get this together? Why haven't they figured it out? Well, it's the knowledge plus the applying of the knowledge that, that, makes, that makes people wise. Because uh, you can have a lot of, and people have, like I said, have biblical knowledge. The Sadducees and the Pharisees have knowledge. They have biblical knowledge. But when Jesus was standing right in front of them, they had no wisdom. They couldn't apply that knowledge and say, oh, this is what all of that learning, all of that writing on my forehead, all of that I needed to know. I could not apply that and say, this is what that is. Because it was just here and it didn't translate into, oh, this is what it means. And we can repeat Bible verses and scriptures, but is it in our hearts to really change us? 
Because that's when it makes a difference. That's when the proof is in the pudding. That's what the world wants to see, is that you're changed from this Jesus that you talk about. So that's wisdom. The wisdom is best when it's in service to others. It reminds me of discipleship when we share our knowledge and how we applied it in our lives and how it impacted us. It's almost like our testimony, and now I can share that with others. And so then it goes on to characteristics of the wise. So in verses 5 through 7, it gives us, uh, Solomon gives us characteristics of the wise. And so this is like a three-legged stool here. And I believe you have to have all three of these things uh, to be wise. You can't have two. I've never seen a two-legged stool, right? You'll fall over. (laughs) It's a three-legged stool. At least. Some of them have four. Like, yeah, this is a real sturdy one. At least three legs. Uh, so the characteristics of the wise, one, will hear an increase in learning. Wise individuals will hear, will listen and increase in, number, in uh, learning. So this is verse 5. It says a wise man will listen and increase in, increase his learning. So that's number one. So if you're looking at individuals, if you're looking for a mate, is he wise? Is he, will he hear an increase in learning? That's number one. Number two. Will he understand and obtain wise counsel? So it says in verse 5, the discerning man will obtain guidance, wise counsel. So if you're wise, you're going to obtain wise counsel. You're going to understand, so you're not just going to hear and increase your learning, but your understanding means you're going to apply what you're learning in your life. And also, in addition to that, wise people Seek wise counsel. Because some of us are good at number one. But we definitely don't do two. <laughs> some of us are good at one and half of two, but we don't seek wise counsel. Because we lean on our own understanding. We we are we know it all, y'all. Right? At least that's what we tell ourselves. I know it all. You can't tell me anything. Well, then, that's foolish, right? <laughs> if someone tells you there's nothing you can tell me, then they're not hearing and increasing and learning, right? As part, hey, and then they want to understand and obtain wise counsel as well. And obtaining wise counsel, meaning you're going to have to go to other people and submit yourselves to their counsel. Hey, I want to hear from you. I want you to speak into my life. I want I, I need wise counsel on this situation that's going on in my life. This is I mean, this is wise. This is not this is not it's in the Bible, y'all. It's in the book. It's wise counsel. You can take it or leave it, but you know, it's wise counsel nonetheless. And then uh the third thing is we'll fear of the Lord. So in verse seven says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, fools despise wisdom and instruction. It says it there. I didn't fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Are you a fool? I didn't say it. The Bible said it, not me. <laughs> fools despise wisdom and instruction. Psalms 111 and 10, it says, For the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And this fear is not just respect. Like, you know, some people say a fear leads to respect God. This is a dreadful, exceedingly 
fearfulness of God. And you may say, gosh, that's different. Why would you want us to fear God? Well, he has all like the, what is that um, Marvel guy in the movie? He had all the rings. If he got all the rings, he had held all the power. You can tell I'm not a, the biggest Marvel fan in the world because I don't know his name. But, you know, and they fought against him to get all the, the rings. <laughs> Thanos, yeah. Yeah. But God holds all the rings. <laughs> he has all the power. And so he wants you to be fearful. There's a healthy fear that you should have. And as a father, I say that with all power and conviction. As a father, I want my kids to have a healthy fear of me. Because then they won't come in my house doing in and everything. <laughs> Some of us lacked that growing up. But it was okay to have a healthy fear. I had a healthy fear of my dad. I didn't want him to beat the snot out of me. And so, hey, they won't won't know so much I was going to do. But there's a healthy fear that we should have in our loving God who wants you to come to him. But you need to know that he holds the power in his hand. And there's security in that, knowing that, hey, he holds that power. But then there's a fear in that, that he holds this power. <laughs> and he can wipe me out. But his love endures forever. Isn't he so great and gracious? And he wants to hold those two dualities in our heart and mind, that he loves us, but he wants you to fear him. That he loves you, but he wants you to fear him. Dreadful, exceedingly fearful. You can look it up in the Greek. Uh, that's what that fear means. It's not just a respect or honoring, but it's the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of knowledge. So anyone who says they don't fear the Lord, they're not wise. <laughs> so jumping into that, these three, uh, those things, the three-legged stool, we're here and increase in learning. We'll understand and obtain wise counsel and then will fear the Lord, or the characteristics of the wise. And then Solomon jumps into um, warnings against sinful men. And then he goes into later um, personification of what wisdom is. So in verses 8 through 19, warnings against sinful men. And I'm just going to focus, I'm not going to go through all of those because it's a lot. Uh, Good information, good warnings. Avoid the path of the violent. Listen to even he's instructing his son. So Solomon's like, hey, I'm instructing my son. This is what I want to tell you. Avoid evil men. They will lead you astray. They will try to entice you. And what we gain from that is evil men, if you read this, will try to entice you at every turn to bring you into their evilness. And then if you want, I want to focus on verse 17 because it's an interesting verse. I think it's really good. Um, and it's not translated very well in our versions of the Bible. It says here, my version says, uh, if it's, it is foolish to spread a net where any bird can see it. And so that's what it says. I don't know if yours say something similar. So it's hard, it's hard to understand. But what, it basically, what it's basically trying to say is, and what all of these verses are leading to us to understand is that, hey, evil, we can see evil being done, but we are so stupid that we are seeing it, and we'll go right to it. Just like a bird is so simple that the bird can see you setting up a net to capture him, and he will still fly right into that net because he's not smart enough to know, hey, that's a net. I'm not going to fly into that. 
And so what this verse is saying, hey, we're so foolish that we see the world doing all this evil, all that they're enticing us to, we see it, and yet we run right to it. <laughs> but we think we're smart. <laughs> and the evil is, is telling us they're doing evil. Evil is out there. The wages of that evil is death, and we see it, and yet we go right to it. We even desire the things of the world. Oh, I want these riches. Oh, I want this house. I'm envious of this in the world. I'm envious of that in the world. I want to look like them. I want this and I want that. We come with our laundry list of things. And all the time it's a snare to get us into this worldly system. We go for it just like a foolish bird, right? Hmm. He wants us to be wise, y'all. He wants us to have wisdom. And then finally, it ends with the personification of wisdom. So Solomon gives wisdom human characteristics. And she is a woman. This may tell us something about wisdom being a woman. <laughs> he personifies her as a woman and gives her characteristics. And there are five things that this personification of wisdom does. And I really like wisdom because we have some things in common. Um, so one one thing we can learn from wisdom, the first thing that's personified in wisdom, that she is available to all who is listening. So wisdom calls out in the street. She raises her voice in the public square. She cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gate. And all those evil things that's going on, wisdom is screaming to us, don't do it. Go the other way. Be wise. Follow me. And we... Say, what is that? I'm going over here to the evil stuff. <laughs> she is available to all who is willing to listen. She beckons us to repent. So wisdom is beckoning us to repent. Let's go down. I'll take my glasses off to find this one. Says, how long, foolish? So I like this. Um, we're going to start in verse 22. It says, "How long, foolish ones, will you love ignorance? How long will you mock? Will you mockers enjoy mocking, and you fools hate knowledge?" <laughs> Wisdom has an attitude. <laughs> it's a little sarcastic. That's why we have that in common. Wisdom is sarcastic, like me. Uh, if you turn to my discipline, then I will pour out my spirit on you. And so some versions of that in 23 says, if you repent, if you turn to my discipline, if you repent, then I will pour out my spirit upon you. So wisdom beckons us to repent. And the gift that she gives us when we repent is her spirit. And that is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we repent because we're turning away from something, which is important. You turn away from it. But we forget that we get something when we repent, which which is his Holy Spirit refreshing us, meeting us, to sup with him, to be, have clean hands, to go before the Lord and the throne of grace and say, hey, I turned away from this and now I can go to you with a good, clearing conscience, knowing that I've done what's right in your sight. So wisdom beckons us to repent. Wisdom offers judgment to the ignorant. Go down. I'm I'm just going to skip over those. Well, judgment to the ignorant, and then it's unavailable for the fools. So wisdom 
One is available to all who is willing to listen, beckons us to repent, judgment to the ignorant, unavailable to fools. You can read that down in verses, uh, let's see, because you hated knowledge, uh, didn't choose to fear the Lord, we're not interested in my counsel and rejected all my correction. They will eat fruit of their way and be gutted with their own schemes. For their waywardness of their inexperience will kill them. Of their for the waywardness of their inexperience will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. It is not available for fools. If you turn away wisdom, it's strange because, I mean, this, these are just, well, it's just wisdom. It's not strange. You turn away from wisdom, wisdom says, hey, I'm gonna find, you're going to find me unavailable. When you need me the most, I will not be there because now you have to suffer your consequences. And then finally it says, but whoever listens to me will have will live securely and be free from fear of danger. Security to its listeners. So wisdom offers security to its listeners. Wisdom personified. So we're going to go through. This is the first part of it. We're going to next time. We're going to probably hit several different themes within Proverbs. There's a lot of different things within Proverbs. Like I said, it's the first Twitter. In the Bible, <laughs> the Bible tweeted out all these sayings to make us wise. Um, but let us really be prayerful about seeking God's wisdom. Uh, and let us be fearful, because that is the beginning of wisdom, is the knowledge of fear. Knowing that I'm fearful of the Lord. And then, wisdom personified. Uh, more importantly, let's beckon us to repent so that we can turn have the Holy Spirit refresh us, and then there's security in listening to wisdom. Amen? Amen. I want to encourage you guys. I, I do want to challenge you you men, because um, you have a men's ministry event coming up on the 26th of this month. And one of the things I wanted to encourage you as more more seasoned men, uh, or <laughs> some, some of that may go over your head, older, um, <laughs> be real blunt um, is that your wisdom is needed and so there are younger men who need your wisdom and I'm not going to put an age on what old is <laughs> but um, we're wanting to do men's ministry and one of the things I, I feel really strongly about we're going to be doing some things uh, is really pairing some older men with younger men because we need to learn from you. And the Bible talks about older women with younger women teaching us how to live, how to be men, how to, uh, you, you've done it. You, you've, you've lived it. You, I'm sure there's directions and things you can tell me even at my old age <laughs> uh, that some older men can say, yeah, I've been through that and here's what you should do. Or here's how you, here's how, what I would consider. We need your wisdom. So don't think that you're, well, I'm old and there's nothing I have to offer. Because you're old, you have so much to offer. If you can only see it that way. <laughs> so many of us think, well, I'm, I'm old now. I'm not, I'm not useful in the ministry. Because of your wisdom and age, you're so useful in the ministry. In so many different ways, in so many different capacities, we need your wisdom. There's a generation of young men in particular who don't have fathers, who don't know their fathers who didn't get that common sense. Common sense is not very common anymore. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> it's quite uncommon sometimes. 
you know, and we need older men, more seasoned saints to pour into us, to share your knowledge, to share your wisdom so that we can get life right, even at a younger age. And I'm encountering a lot of younger men who are open to being mentored, who are willing to meet and say, hey, give share with me what you know. I want to glean from you. I want this this word that you have in you. Tell me, especially young married men, tell me how to maneuver married life. I'm still learning myself even after 25 years of marriage. (laughs) But I have something to offer someone who's been married 24 years, maybe. (laughs) How do you make it to 25? Let me tell you. (laughs) Die to self. Um, But yeah, but really want to encourage you. That was my plea to more seasoned men in this body to really be prayerful and open about pouring into some younger men. And we can, we're going to build on that a little more individually and on the tap for some guys and say, hey, look, I w- we need your wisdom. We need what you have to offer our generation and the generation before us. That's the only way we're going to learn. And you can complain about the, the younger generation, but if you're not pouring into them, don't complain. You're not willing to share what you know and what you have, then don't complain about them and say, oh, they don't know. They're doing this and they they're playing their phone music loud in the Walmart. Someone needs to tell him (laughs) you don't do that. (laughs) My pet peeves. I'm sorry. (laughs) If I mentor you, that's going to be rule number one. Don't play your phone music loud in the Walmart walking around. I don't want to hear it. Okay. This is wisdom. But people don't know. Common sense is not common anymore. So I I admonish you, encourage you to be prayerful about how you can be utilized uh, within this body to encourage some of our younger men and women as well. I don't want to leave out women. I know there's women's ministry and they're doing different things, but encourage you to partner up and say, hey, who can I be prayerful about and mentor uh, that I can pour into? Because we need it. Amen? Hey, stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Thank you.